Welcome to Australian Transformers Weekly, everyone. We are bringing you Transformers news from around the world in Australian accents. This is episode 198. Two off, two off a very big number. Uh, we are crikey. recording live. I know, I know, crikey. Don't, don't say crikey, because if you say if you say, if you say crikey, then a string a stingray is going to come along and stab you through the chest. And, like, you would never get to see Unicron. So, yeah. Well, we, uh, we are. We are recording live on Saturday, August 31st, 2019. In this episode, there's a twist in the Unicron crowdfund. <laughs> uh, there's some new generation select and studio series figures and more coming up after this. Welcome to the show. This is episode 198, and uh, I'm Jason. Joining me tonight in the uh, in the middle, the middle of the screen, there is Bradley and his long, flowing, luscious beard, uh, coming to us from Perth. How are you going, Brad? I'm doing all right, thanks, Jason. And how are you? I am doing okay. I've vaguely forgotten a bit about how to do the show because I've been off for a while, but. Uh, uh, sure, I'm here. Oh, yeah, like if I move, if I actually, if I move this way, my chair likes to roll back, but it does put me dead center of the camera. So I'm going to try that. Um, yeah, Max coming to us from Adelaide and NBN land. Um, I mean, look, we, we used to, we used to constantly joke about the Tesla battery running Adelaide's power grid, but uh, it seems like maybe we should be joking about your NBN instead. Get the, I, I don't know if I live in a first world country, to be honest. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I think you can probably draw like an empirical like we've seen, actual we've, we've seen all the news from this weekend from uh, us deporting refugees off to Christmas Island. I don't know if we live in a first world country either. <laughs> Christmas Island, so yeah. much super false advertising. Yeah, it's not that merry, but yeah. No. Um so yeah, look, it's it's been I don't know. It sounds like it sounds like we're doing a confessional, but like you know, forgive me, streaming gods, for we have sinned. It's been three weeks since our last episode. Um, what have you guys been up to in the last three weeks? Um, uni and Dark Souls, really. That's about <laughs> it. That's what, that's my life for about the past two months. Thought you said you don't play online games anymore, or is Dark, <laughs> or is Dark Souls not an online game? And instead, uh, like we don't want to look in your in your um in your basement. Well, the way that Dark Souls works is it's like a single player game, but then you can get invaded from an up for another player will jump into your game and try try and attack you. But when that happens, they'll I'll like hit them, and then five seconds later they'll take damage. Yeah, okay. I mean, like I mean, that's kind of what happens when I walk around on the streets of Redfern as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like you know, it's not. It's not great. I, I got the I got the train out to uh, I got the train out to Lidcombe to the uh, the Sydney Sydney Transformers meetup uh, this morning tonight, not this morning, and um, yeah, uh, there was someone grooving away to some like mid nineties Daft Punk uh, on the on the train, just like singing songs out loud and everything. And, and you know, no one really wanted to say anything about them, or else they might jump into their dark soul. But yeah, <laughs> Sydney, if you can test with someone, you're going to get stabbed. Yeah, basically, if you're up there, you're <laughs> it's gotten a little bit dark. Uh, so I did some fun stuff while uh, while we've while we've been off for three weeks. I went over and I spent two weeks on the two weeks traveling. Um, spent a few days in Singapore. Um, 
uh, I spent a few days in Singapore with my dad and dad was, what, who, who is playing with toys? Well, I've got him, but I'm not actually playing with him. Well, he was making a lot of noise. No, no, that, that wasn't me. That was um, him. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, Max, mate, Max I, are you making noise? No. Brad, I, I think it was you. No. Um, <laughs> in all fairness, I couldn't actually hear the noise. So, Fair enough. All right, so look, just, just be careful if you're playing with things near the microphone. Um, so, hey, uh, yeah, so spent a couple of days in Singapore with my dad. Uh, dad was very patient and let me go explore and looking at toy shops all over Singapore, although didn't get to all of them. I did not get to my actual favorite place, Robo Robo, because uh, <laughs> turns out, uh, <laughs> turns out we, we landed on the Sunday night. The day before had been Singapore's national day, which meant that the Friday was a public holiday. Saturday was national day. Sunday was Sunday, like we landed Sunday night. And uh, Monday was also a public holiday. So a bunch of shops didn't open, and then I, I left Tuesday night. So um, didn't do didn't do all the Transformers shopping that I wanted to, but I did get a few things. I got um, uh, what did I get? I got Jetfire, uh, get Jetfire for a fairly good price of one hundred twenty five dollars. Um, nice. And picked up a couple of little guys as well. Like I, I've decided that I've taken quite a liking to the uh, New Age figures. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk about them a little bit more later on. Um, what else did I get in Singapore? Um, since I was heading to TF Nation, I, I don't have photos of this actually to show, but uh, I, I'm very happy with myself because I made some pins. And when I say when I say pins, I mean I actually like manufactured like metal pieces with enamel painting and stuff, uh, and they're in the shape of the Matrix. Um, the design is made by uh, Justin Mazaru, who does a lot of artwork and shares them in uh, in TCCA on Facebook. Uh, very, very talented artist, uh, and he very kindly donated a sketch of the Matrix, which got duly turned into a pin and uh, became one of the most talked about items at TF Nation. So uh, very happy with that, and uh, yeah, made 120, 120 pins and gave them all out to people, um, right. individually numbered and uh, all sorts of things. And the thing that made me quite happy about it was that people actually got pin numbers that meant things to them. Um, it was my dad's 75th birthday while he was there, so he, he grabbed pin number 75 for himself. Um, I gave James Roberts pin number 100 because he could turn it upside down and make it pin number one, which is important if you read Lost Light. Um, uh, a few other people got some significant numbers. Uh, Maz, got, Maz got 51, and Maz likes uh, racing games. He likes using number 51 in racing games, and... Uh, Kevin Gorman, who uh, does the Transformers comic cover recreations, uh, he was quite proud of himself. He got pin number 69. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, yeah. Um, and the most impressive part is that you remembered all of those. Uh, yeah, no, no. Like, you know, important numbers you remember, right? Um, number Pin number 113 is going to, is going to uh, Huang from Melbourne, who... Uh, did not make it to TF Nation for medical reasons, but it holds a special connection to him because of Lost Light and more than meets the eye. And pin number 120 went to um, TransTech UK's, uh, oh, it's his Twitter name, The Last Gherkin, uh, because he gave me the last copy of his fanzine, and so I gave him the last pin. So, yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it worked out well. Um, let's see, what, what else happened to TF Nation? So... TF Nation. There are there are a couple of big events that uh, that went on at, at TFN. Um, there was a so there was a, a performance of the 
unproduced first few episodes of Transformers Animated season four. Ooh. Now, so that so that so that reaction tells me that Max doesn't watch has never watched animated or doesn't care. I've no, I've just well, I didn't verbalize that also because I've heard about it a bit before, but yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so so one of the guests of TFN was Marty Eisenberg, who was the uh, the showrunner for Animated, and he dug out dug out the uh, script outlines for the first three episodes of uh, what would have been season four, which is a three parter called The Trial of Megatron. Um, they they had advertised that they were going to do a script reading on the uh, Saturday night. Everyone sort of wondered what the script reading was going to be. Turns out they didn't. So normally for a script reading at a convention, you have a big table and you have people come out and read the parts and you know they all have a microphone in front of them. They didn't do that for TF Nation um, because uh, Marty Eisenberg actually managed to get the entire animated voice cast to oh, record wow. their roles um, earlier in the week. And so like we so uh, we had uh, had David Kay and um, all the other all the other voice actors. So when whenever a character verbalized something in the uh, script reading, it actually sounded like that character. Uh, it, it was fantastic. Um, and yeah, so yeah, big, big, big thank you to to those uh, voice actors who gave their gave their time and voices, uh, let's believe, completely free of charge for the project. Um, so yeah, no, that was that was very very good. Um, the other the other notable thing that I'll um, I'll give a shout out for on the Saturday night there was a cosplay competition that was won by a guy who had a, an amazing Thunderclash costume, uh, and I like I. I should have put photos up, but you can find them on Twitter because it's all over Twitter. Um, <laughs> he made he caused quite the stir because uh, while he won the cosplay competition, he donated his prize to a little girl who was dressed as Black Arachnia and said that um, he wanted to encourage the next generation of people who were going to come along and um, you know pick up cosplaying and fandom. And ah, oh, it was just like this. Oh, such a beautiful moment. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just lovely and the the best thing is that like he was playing this character he was cosplaying this character who would have done exactly the same thing and like he's he literally inhabited the character um cool. uh, yeah and it was it was fantastic um so the cosplay competition has two parts there's the mechs which um the, the thunderclash took out there's also the uh human cosplays and so uh, the human cosplay was won by a won by a lovely, lovely, uh, a lo lovely friend of mine, Loz, and she dressed up as a human form bot bot. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I think it was I think it was Sergeant Suds. So um, she had a, she had all the um, she had all the the military paraphernalia, which is light blue coloured, uh, and she had all the she had all the soap um, in a, in uh, compartments around her waist, sort of like uh, sort of like a Batman utility belt kind of thing, and <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. Like the thing that the thing that I loved about it was just like Botbots has literally changed Transformers fandom, and I think it's fantastic. Like it's just a lot of fun, and yeah, it went really well. Like we have a lot of um, we have a lot of photos from TF Nation where uh, you know it's you know, sort of more traditional, normal Transformers interacting with bot-bots. Um, and it just, it brings it brings another dimension to those photos. And yeah, just, yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. Cool. So that's enough about, uh, oh, and of course there's the dealer room at TF Nation, which um, you can buy a lot, a lot of things. You can spend <laughs> a lot of money. 
So, yeah. Um, before I move on with some news, like, does anyone want to talk about anything TF Nation related? Do you want to know anything? Or anything? Uh, would you go again? Totally. Yeah. It's my second, it's my second time. I'm, it's, it's a silly question. I'm going next year as well. <laughs> I would like, I would actually like to encourage more, more Australians specifically to go and attend TF Nation. I was the only Aussie there this year. And yeah, like, I'd like to, there to be more. So, yeah, no, I would, to, I would totally go again. Um, it's, uh, yeah, no, it, it was a lot of fun. I could. Yeah, no, it just, it just sounds incredible. Like, especially like, a really community oriented event, too. Like, not less of a typical convention, which is what sounds really, that's what makes it sound cool to me. Yeah, it, it is. It's a very, like, it's a very, it's a very warm, it's a very welcoming, it's a very open community. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's unlike every other convention that I've been to. Like it's not Supernova, it's not Oz Comic Con, it's not this massive venue with uh, you know just um, you know catering stalls set up everywhere. Like it's a hotel convention, so if you don't want to go to the panels, you go sit in the bar. There's tons of people sitting in the bar. Honestly, I didn't actually go to that many panels this year. Um, there were a couple of panels about uh, the comics and stuff that I went to, but in general, like the voice actors that they brought over, I wasn't very familiar with, so like, I didn't really feel the need to go and to go and listen to their stuff. I went along to a Marty Eisenberg panel because uh, I wanted to know more about things about Transformers Animated. <laughs> they spent the entire panel talking about Beast Machines. Oh, that would have been interesting. The animated guys. Well, no, because Marty Eisenberg also ran the show for Beast Machines as well as uh, Transformers Animated. And so... <laughs> I went along went along to the went along to one of these panels and yeah I thought they'd talk about animated but they talked about beast machines. Um, it was really interesting. Like when they when they were introducing, they said, "Oh, you know, uh, Marty Eisenberg from uh, Transformers Animated." Yeah, everyone cheered. And then they said beast machines, and it was like, "Yay!" It was like a a few seconds pause before everyone cheered, and then everyone cheered to be polite. Uh, oh. and, and Eisenberg was just like, "Yep, yeah, we know, we know, people, people." People would have rather seen two more seasons of Beast Wars. We get it. Yeah. I I didn't mind Beast Machines. Were there any um, little bits of trivia you picked up there, or was it all just... Not really. It's it's more... Uh, it was just more sort of, you know, a bit of a talk about the, the landscape in which it existed and, um, you know, how, um, how they went about producing the show, things that they spoke about. Like, they, they said that they... They were pretty much given freedom from Hasbro to, to decide what they wanted to do with the universe with the caveat that like it had to be different, different to Beast Wars, but continuing the story. So um, hence they sort of came up with this thing about uh, transformation being something that the Transformers learned and got got better at rather than just being an intrinsic skill. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, a few if, just a, a few things like that, but. I think um, well, Beast Machines is like 20 years ago in and of itself now, Twenty more than 20 years ago probably. So, yeah. I, I, oh, look, it's it's insane. It's insane to think that uh, like we're, ne we're actually nearing what we're, we're closer to the 15th anniversary of the Bayformers movies uh, than we are the, the 10th. Uh. It's, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not the new thing anymore. It's just... Yeah, it's no, it's not the new thing. It's not the new thing. It's something that happened, and it's something that's it happened for a while, and it's even that's in the past. It's so. something that fandom survived. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, it's true. Um, at the start and the end of uh, of the convention, they show this wonderful video that they've cobbled together with bits from all sorts of Transformers media. And I say all sorts of Transformers media. There's there's bits from G1, there's bits from the movies, there's even like sort of some motion pans from uh, from the comics, uh, things from video games and all set to, actually set to a Stan Bush song. But um, like it's really, it's really, really sort of gets you, yeah, gets you into it and just makes you realise just, just how much over the last 35 years, how much media has been produced about this franchise. And... Yeah, it really, really, you know, it really gets you feeling, you know, quite, quite warm and open and uh, and you know, caring about the franchise. And you can walk around the dealer's room and you can pick up a lot of things from different generations of Transformers that you might not have even been aware of as well. So yeah, there's you, there's um, def definitely something for everyone. Did you meet any of the people like in a bar or anything? Did you meet any of the celebrities there or did didn't you go see? To I didn't see so many of the I didn't see so many of the voice cast in the bar. Like I didn't recognize most of them. I only sort of I only sort of happened to run into uh, Greg Berger as he was or Berger I think, as he was um, walking around the uh, the hotel and grabbed a selfie with him. Um, oh, nice. They also so they had uh, Brian Drummond who was Jetstorm in um, in uh, Beast Machines and and it's like he was doing you know a lot of lot of voice you know projecting his voice and sort of inhabiting his character and stuff but I like, I didn't go and see a panel because I didn't I wasn't familiar with wasn't familiar with his work. Um, they had Peter Spellos uh, who contributed quite a lot actually. Um, so Peter Spellos was oh gosh who 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 do I want to say he was I, I want to say that he was. He was a shark, so I think he was Skybite, was he? I'm not sure. That's the only shark I can think of. I think so too. I'm going to, I'm going to not so subtly um, uh, Google this while we're talking about it. Um, but so Peter Spellos is a, a very, quite accomplished dramatic, uh, dramatic actor, uh, and so he. He did a lot of uh, did a lot of work on the panels and stuff, and he's. He has a, an improv performance group um, that they meet every couple of months in London and sort of train up for a bit of a bit of fun uh, performing. And so they actually did a, a main performance on Saturday night, just on stage. Doing, I mean, it was essentially theatre sports, um, but it was sort of theatre sports as led by by Peter Spellos and um, yeah, doing a, doing a bunch of things. It was yeah, really, really, really good. Um, cool. What am I saying here? If I look through, if I look through Peter Spellos's listing on Google, it doesn't actually say who he who he played. Um, whatever. Anyway, uh, so yeah, no. So he put in he put in quite a lot of effort and was often seen at the bar uh, as well, having having quite a quite a good chat and quite an animated chat with a lot of the um, a lot of the attendees as well. Uh, and also there was for. So, one of the thing, one of the one of the big things, one of the things that I really, really, really admire about TF Nation is one of the major vendors to um, have stand in the dealer room as this uh, as a, a a group called Toy Foo, and they collect donations from people year round of toys that the, you know they might not want want to donate, and they sell them at TF Nation, and every pound that comes in goes to charity. They raised twelve thousand pounds. Wow, a TF Nation. That's amazing. Um, they and 
like they've got volunteers from around the community who come along and help run the stand. Uh, they do a lot of really good work and they deserve, they like, they deserve all the support that they can get. Right. Um, so one of the, th one of the things that, uh, one, as I was going through Singapore on the way there, uh, I picked up a few siege ratchets from Singapore and, once we got to TF Nation, we went looking around the dealer room and decided, well, hang on. The one thing that none of the dealers at TF Nation have is a Siege Ratchet. They didn't make it in time. They didn't have them for sale. So I gave Toy Fu one to sell and uh, sell it. They did. So they uh, got a bit of, got it. they got more than more money than I paid for it um, to donate to charity. So I'm happy for that. Oh, that's good. But, hmm. um, so yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's, yeah, it was, it was a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, cool. Really, really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Props to, props to Toy Food. They were selling a, there was, they were also selling a uh, Peter Spellos Lego, Lego character. Who is, <laughs> you, can't, you can't quite see him. He's like the, where's my, he's like the tiny speck on the, on the shelf behind me. <laughs> oh, of course. Yes. I can see it quite well. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, good, good on, good on everyone at Toyfu, and um, yeah, big thanks for, big thanks for all of your work. All right, shall we, um, shall we talk about a bit of news? Sure. We're going to move swiftly on and get to the news. Straight into news. Hasbro news. That will take us into some news. What news comes from by yonder? What do you got? This guy. Oh. Yeah. So um, the, the world's biggest transformer is now the world's biggest crowdfunding campaign, and it's been extended to run longer because it didn't make its goal. So Transformers War for Cybertron Unicron is uh, still online at Hasbro Pulse, and it has been extended to the 6th of October. There, was a, there has been a, a bit of a run on backers in the last week or so leading up to what everyone thought was going to be the end of the campaign. But as we can see from what's on screen here, it's only actually made it to 5,575 backers. Today would have been its ending date. Mm. So Hasbro has decided to extend it. They've given given it an extra five weeks. It had been creeping up at sort of a few hundred per day. So I think with the extra time, it now seems quite likely that this will hit eight thousand and it will get backed and funded. Uh, the fact that they've extended it also, I think, speaks to speaks a little bit to the the general sentiment in the community, which is that um, and a lot of people, myself included, figured that with having spent eighteen months already designing and prototyping the figure, Hasbro is probably going to try to do it anyway. Um, yeah, no doubt. So what we actually had thought would happen would be at the end of August, they would just sort of like take it down and just go, yeah, it got close enough and we're going to do it. But instead, the fact that they've extended it, I think means they're going to really, really actually run it out and try to hit that 8,000 figure. And it seems likely that they're not going to prop it up with fake, uh, fake numbers or anything like that. Uh, or they will, and it'll just be how, how it goes this month. We don't know. So um, there's there is some confusion over exactly what makes up the figure on this page. Whether this is five thousand five hundred seventy-five backers plus international pre-orders yet to be counted, or if Hasbro actually added the numbers in, because uh, about a week and a, about a week ago, 
this number was uh, at about oh, just just nearing four thousand, and in a in a, one of the live broadcasts answering questions about the figure, uh, Hasbro did say that the international pre-order number had hit about fifteen hundred orders. Then a few days later, it jumped by about fifteen hundred. They did say that this wouldn't include those pre-orders, but then it seems like they may have changed their mind on that. We don't really know. What we do know is that Australian pre-orders, at least from EB Games, definitely count, but we don't know if that number has actually been reflected here or not. Initially, EB Games told us that they would not add their numbers into the grand total until the end of the campaign, or possibly the end of August, we don't know. But with Hasbro announcing a 1,500 uh, international pre-orders, it seems like they may have come and knocking and collected those numbers a little bit sooner. Yeah, it's actually quite surprising me that the number for the international pre-orders is so low. I, I, I would have expected more than 1,500. It is a little bit surprising, I agree. Um, it's not entirely clear what constitutes that number if that's from takara tomi mall whether that includes the pre-orders from eb games because as we said they, they told us that they wouldn't give us their give hasbro their numbers until the end of the month but they may have asked for them early so yeah it, it's it's a little bit hard to say whether there's still a bit of an international pre-order bump to go or not um what we do know from uh, a, a post that Ozformers made earlier today is that despite the five-week extension in the us uh, the EB Games and the Zing pre-order will not be extended and tonight will be the end of it. Unless we get to tomorrow and find that it's still up. We, we don't really know. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that extending the Australian pre-order time will really make that much difference because we probably, got, we probably have gotten the best deal out of anyone on the planet for this. All we have to well, do to I get think ours is technically cheaper. Uh, technically, yes, because we don't have to pay for shipping. Um, also, we don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if this is going to actually come back to bite Hasbro and EB, but they took that number of five hundred and seventy-five dollars, and they basically did a currency conversion of it on the day and arrived at eight hundred and fifty Australian dollars. But that number has to include GST, and oh. so they've advertised it at eight hundred and fifty dollars, and so people have bought in at eight hundred and fifty dollars. They can't go and add GST onto that which means yes we actually did get one of the best deals on the planet uh and also we can walk into a store and pick it up so we don't have to pay for shipping so yeah th that's we, we did get a really good deal also we get to go in on unicron for a hundred dollars down we don't have to pay the rest but if you're in the states and this is actually one of the major reasons that hasbro's extended their campaign if you're in the states you have to front up 575 dollars by the 6th of august uh, sorry 6th of october now um, otherwise, you're not a backer for Unicron, whereas we get to back it for 100 bucks, and we don't have to pay the rest until 2021 when this figure is actually ready to ship. Yeah, kind of seems poorly managed to me, the whole, this whole campaign. Well, so, I'm it, kind of, I'm thinking that someone originally, like, say, a couple of months ago or something, just said as a laugh, hey, why don't we put up a really big Unicron, make him really pricey and see who wants to buy it. And then they see all these bakers and they're like, shit, we actually got to make this now. It's a, look, it's, a, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Like they have spent 18 months already on yeah. this project. So like it didn't happen a few months ago. There's been a lot said about the crowdfunding aspect of the campaign. 
Uh, personally, I feel that if they had not actually done it as a crowdfund, I don't think they would have gotten as much mainstream press as they have. Like, I've literally got people who I, I know are not actually into Transformers who are like, hey, have you seen Unicron? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of friends that sent it my way. Yeah. Conversely, there's also people who I know are into Transformers who don't know about it. And so... Really? Yeah, yeah, this is this has been happening quite a lot. That uh, people who people who have, for whatever reason have not heard that there's a crowdfunding unicorn, like maybe they're not hanging around the communities that we hang around. Maybe they're not that into it on Twitter. They might just have a passing interest here and there. Making it a crowdfund means that sites like Gizmodo and Kotaku and IGN talk about it rather than just going, "Yep, this came up and it's a you know it's a pre-order, go order it." Yeah. Like it's oh hey they're they're doing a crowdfund for this. They need to get this by this time. You know. It's interesting. It gives you something to root for, and so I, I think that I think the fact that it's a crowdfund has actually given them a lot more exposure in the media than they would have gotten had they just done a traditional pre-order. So, I, I I don't really want to fault them for I don't really fault them want to fault them for doing it. I think I think they could have actually they could have actually come out and said right it's a, it's a crowdfund and we're going to accept. Um, you know, pledges from the states. We're going to accept um, pre-orders from international, and this is how it's going to work. But instead, it's all sort of it's all happened very ad hoc, and uh, it's happened by the seat of everyone's pants. People are like, "Oh, EB Games has put up a pre-order for it. I didn't expect that to happen. Maybe they could have announced it better." But yeah. <laughs> so, have you pre-ordered it? I haven't. Um, I'm quite happy with my Universal Dominator Unicron from Taratomi. I got, I think. Was that 2010? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. Um, I think, you know, the backers, the, when it says, you know, the 5,000, blah, 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 is that how many people have paid in full or how many people we, have paid we, a deposit? We don't know. Uh, I suppose it'd be varying depending on where they've actually done it, uh, done it from. And yeah, also, as Jason said, we don't know, if it, we don't know anything percent. Yeah. I mean, I think a fair amount of collectors are going to have to probably get move their whole collection out of their room in order to fit this guy into it. But I reckon he's going to definitely be a um, a talking point, whether you have him or not. He looks cool and terrifying. <laughs> That's true. And the um, didn't didn't also come with a couple of incentives when they extended the. Um, yes, it did. Yeah, no, I, I think it's always it's always been scheduled to come with these, but they've been sort of like drip feeding people news about what they're going to do with it. Uh, yeah. So they have announced in the last week or so that he does come with a little Galvatron. Um, it's not especially it's, it's not especially detailed. It's not a, it's not especially well painted. It seems. <laughs> yeah, it's just purple with an orange arm cannon. That's it. Yeah, and it's also based on that awful Titans Return Galvatron too. So it's just like. And they've also announced that depending on whether you prefer Unicron with a beard with a pointy beard or with a chin, uh, you will be able to swap the um, swap the chin. So yeah, I wonder uh, if that I wonder if that's the first time a Transformers toy has come with um, a swappable facial hair. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of them I don't, have I don't know. swappable I mean, like, faces. I don't know, Japanese Beast Wars went in some pretty weird directions. Yeah, that's true. I know one of I mean, those toys comes with a pair of testicles. Well, I thought that was Devastator, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, look, um, 
It's been extended. It's, it's been extended by five weeks. The internet seems alternately indifferent or angered by this. Um, I don't really know why. It makes it makes no difference. If you've backed it already, that's fine. You're locked in as a backer. If you haven't okay. backed it, you're probably still not going to. But uh, the, there are there there are definitely some portions of the fan base that now have the ability to actually save up that um, they've got an extra five weeks, a couple of paychecks to save up their five hundred and seventy five dollars if in the states, a couple of extra weeks. Uh, you know it may, that could make the difference, and it could swing could swing it in the in the direction of it getting made. Just wonder what could be next. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think anything needs to be next. Like Haslab no. is Hasbro's very, very, very you know collector-oriented, fan-oriented crowdfunding mm-hmm. thing. They're not. They're not Hasbro proper. You know, needing to churn out a new product in these lines every year. Yeah. So th- yeah. This is very special. This is going to take. This is going to take them over a year to make. Mm. And he does look really awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I'm. Not particularly interested in it, and I'm also I also don't like that some people that are interested in it are trying to get people that are interested in it to not be interested in it. Yeah, like there's there's some shitty behavior going on in the fan base, and if it wasn't about Unicron, it would be about something else. Like yeah, that's a good point. uh, There's always going to be you know half gatekeeping, half overly negative, half. you know, I want what you have, type of thing. Yeah. So, uh, look, it's, a, it's it's an expensive figure. Not everyone can afford it, and I think this is also something that we've seen with uh, the 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 rising price of some masterpiece figures as well, which is that there is a bit of negativity about it because people can't afford it, and um, because people can't afford it, then they're going to shout it down. Uh, it yeah. doesn't have to happen that way, and I think uh, I think ultimately cooler heads will prevail, and it's uh, yeah. It's just a bit of annoyance from the fan base. Mm. Um, so were you looking at picking this one up at all? Um, I... No. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? See, I, I was ready to pull the trigger when that uh, scene pre-order rate went up. Like, I, I looked it down and said, like, this is amazing value, and I love the look of the figure. You know, it's going to be a big, eventful thing. I was ready to do it, and then one thing stuck out to me. And it's that I'm not prepared to pay nearly a thousand dollars for something with single jointed elbows. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah, I um I'm a bit... everything else, wonderful, love it. Not the elbows. Yeah. I, I can't abide by that. Yeah, I'm just wondering, um you know, it's so huge and so many pointy bits. I wonder if I hope there's no QC issues because that looks like it could potentially be a huge fuck around. If well, if, if there's a QC issue about it, it's going to be disastrous. Like you get, you're going to have people writing articles about it. You know, yeah. Um, because there's been QC issues on these big things before. Well, like Metroplex was all floppy. Um, uh, Trypticon had that. Like if you, yeah, it's got the hip joint. The, the big fear is like the hip joint would just shred itself apart. So if something yeah. like that was to happen here, I think that'd be disastrous. Just because. It's nearly a grand. Like people are gonna, it's just, it's a serious investment here. Like, yeah, yeah, they got a lot hanging on. Uh, if it ends up being like a QC nightmare, then it could be the end of Hasbro Pulse. Um, yeah, can, it, you know, like imagine you spend a whole bunch of money on like uh, 
top end game console, right? And then all of a sudden, like, you put a disc in and it just doesn't work or it breaks and stuff like that. It's like, think of something like that and then mm-hmm. even more expensive. And also, you're not really going to get a replacement because it's a one off thing. So it's like, if this yeah. is, maybe, maybe it's, that's why it's you know, releasing in 2021 because they're like, if we screw this up, people are going to hate us for it. So <laughs> that might explain you know, a massive release window for a figure that it looks essentially done. Like that's not paint. Yeah. That's color. That's not paint. That's color plastic. Yeah, it's weird. It's like they sort of made the whole thing and then they like cut it off and like destroyed the factory and the tools that were used to make it. Yeah, and now like, they're like, if we get funded, we're gonna have to build all those machines again <laughs> to make more of this. It's like we made a singular steel mold. <laughs> just to be, just put these one couple prototypes but like yeah there's those videos where they've transformed the that, you know they'll transform the figure and stuff it's like you know that's not really possible on a resin <laughs> model so like i mean they're, they're using actual plastic already for this thing they which says to me they're pretty confident in having to get out there and whether or not that confidence comes through the idea that oh it's going to be popular enough to reach eight thousand or we're going to do everything we can to boost it to 8,000. So obviously there's the extension or whatever stuff, you know, um, getting it in all these other retailers, like, they're going to get it to that point because if they don't, then it's a huge investment down the drain. Because you also have to yeah. consider, right, like what's the greater potential loss? Is the greater potential loss, um, you know, make, you know, not making... I forgot what I was going to say. So is the graphic just going to be like not making a figure in the first place? Or is it going to be making it um, at a lower thing, a lower price where you know there's not as much profit to actually account for things? Or was the greater loss going to be as a result of having gone through all that R&D and production and prototyping and then not actually producing it in the first place? So all that money goes to nothing. Yeah. Oh, look, you, you, could, you could well make the point that... Uh, uh, slightly higher prices on uh, Legends and uh, Deluxes for the last couple of years have been paying for Unicron. <laughs> oh, great. So, so we can just have it free then, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Asbro. If only they still put robot points on boxes, then you could cut them out and send them in for a Unicron. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine that. I'm still tr- I'm still shocked at the... Um... Have they shown the box this guy's coming in? Uh, no, but we do know that he weighs nine kilograms. Yeah, so if you get him home delivered, he's probably going to show up on a pallet. Well, so this, this, is, this is actually the great thing. This is the great thing about pre-ordering him from EB Games is that when you pre-order him on the EB Games website, it asks if you want six ninety-five delivery. Six ninety-five? <laughs> My yeah. God. That's their standard. That's their standard wow. delivery price. That's how much I paid to get Ectotron delivered. It might be how much I paid to get Unicron delivered. <laughs> yeah, actually, now you mention it, I paid that to get Ectotron. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have actually paid more than this for a single figure. And you know, people who want to get this, you know, go what ahead, did, what go did, get it. What did you pay for? What, if you if you don't mind um, me asking? I bought a meat and box black Zarak. Ooh, Fair enough, too. Yes. Yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I I did, you know, I 
was able to pay it all off. I didn't just do it in one fell swoop. I found someone who was very generous, and yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be in that same boat. Um, EB Games is being hopefully generous. Hopefully they don't turn around and at you know the middle of October and say, okay, you pre-ordered pre-ordered this for a hundred. We're going to need the rest of it right now. <laughs> uh, no, there, so EB's website does say very clearly on the pre-order page that you will you'll be asked to pay the full amount before it ships. Uh, just, okay. just just before it ships, which means you've got until twenty twenty one. Yeah, but if it is EB Games, it means you're probably going to get go to the store and it's going to be opened. Probably. So, <laughs> uh, let's not let's let's not go um, let's not go to that like. It's, Don't go uh, there. I, I'd say I, I would say it would be unlikely that you'll go to the store and find your pre-ordered Unicron open. This, this isn't going to be a figure that's going to be. I'm not joking there. That is. Yeah, but but this isn't going to be a figure that is on sale in store and thus open. Like it's going to be things that you pre-ordered. Well, I yeah. don't, uh, actually, if you mention that, I would not be surprised at all if EB bumps up some of those pre-order numbers themselves and puts them out in their stores. Just like, oh, maybe, yeah, uh, maybe. maybe. He, he, but here's the thing: we're never going to know. Like EB, right. EB's, EB's not going to say, "Hey, you know, we got through, you know, 468 pre-orders or anything like that." We're not going to know. They're just going to silently tell Hasbro how many orders they've got. Yeah, yeah true. Like, I think it's just like a big ticket item. That sort of thing that um, Zing especially likes to put out in their stores. Maybe, uh, and you know, maybe, maybe they will do it. Uh, it's, I mean, it's their prerogative if they actually do want to submit it because uh, it's a, it's, it's not a crowdfunding situation for um, Australia and for Asia. It's simply order this from Hasbro, um, put your deposit down, and this is what, when it will get delivered. So they might. Yeah, it'll just be interesting um, if the store does get them in. If they're gonna, you know, maybe have one hanging from the roof in planet mode. <laughs> make a pleasant change from all their fifty percent off. They'll I feel, I, I, I feel like it might be an OHS issue if they do. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine someone being admitted to hospital because Unicron fell on them? <laughs> I mean, it's a I nine kilo, It's a nine kilogram weight. Like that would that would be really quite. It's essentially quite a, a bowling problem. ball that's just been expanded a bit. Yeah, well, it's actually heavier than a bowling ball, isn't it? Yeah. As long as you get the Kevin Unicron at the end, it's all right by me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say if you walk into an EB game store and Unicron falls on you, you should be able to take Unicron home. There's one thing I haven't um, mentioned, which I, I looked at it a couple of weeks ago. I really like, this is one thing I really like about this, is design is asymmetrical. Like if you, if you look at the um, circles on his chest and around his... Um, Crotch plate, you can see that they're actually not mm, yeah. the same as each other. So he actually looks a lot more unique, like his animation model. Yeah, of. so so the animation model didn't have uh, that symmetry as well. So he's, I mean, he even transforms the same way that he did in the movie for the most part. Yeah. Pretty sweet. I wonder if um, they're going to trickle out an Orson Welles voice chip. <laughs> <laughs> Would it just be his Unicron performances, or might it be the best of Orson Welles? <laughs> you know, like you, Unicron, Unicron can be Citizen Kane as well, um, but also, also, like Orson Welles very famously did not um, did not think much of the role of Unicron. Um, like when he was interviewed, no. he was like, "Oh, it's it's this movie about transforming robots, and I play a planet." 
Yeah, and he was, he was that he was close to being, being completely removed from the movie because um, they couldn't do anything with his voice. And then at the end, they sort of slowed it down and made it bigger, and we got the end result of Unicron. But it was just yeah. it was just interesting how close he came to being cut from the movie entirely. As it stands, his final performance. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's move on. Uh, okay. There's, there's more to talk about this week. Uh, while um, while Unicron costs us eight hundred and fifty dollars for the price of a little bit more than half of that. You can pick yourself up an MP44. He is out now. We are talking about uh, Masterpiece Convoy 3.0. It's the, it's even got it on the box there. It's the the 3.0. Like Jason, did you just make me feel good about the Masterpiece Prime price? I did, I did. That's correct. Um, so I've, I'm, I've I've got I've got an Instagram account that has a lot of photographs of uh, MP44 on screen here, and yeah. So as you can see, uh, Convoy Ver 3.0 is uh, as he's identified on the box because apparently they couldn't find space for the S-I-O-N in version, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's out. He's he's available. He's ready to ready to show, and he's also ready to strut his stuff on the dance floor, apparently, uh, <laughs> if this photograph is to be to be uh, believed. So uh, this this user, TFO Scarlin, has been uh, uh, taking a lot of photos of his, uh, his MP44. Uh, over the last couple of days, and very, very impressive it is. I'm it really does I'm, look. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally here for this figure. Uh, I'll be getting mine this week, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. So, yeah, yeah. I have to admit, the first um, few pictures I saw of him, I actually thought it was a third party masterpiece figure. And then it says, "Oh no, no, this is the official version 3. I was like, "Ah, oh, that's official." <laughs> it, look, it looks cool though, and I like the Starscream picture of um, Starscream's head coming out for that one shot that you saw. Yeah, that yeah, one. That one. Yeah. <laughs> that looks really cool. Good touch. Yeah, I'm still holding out, like, I'm still holding out hope that I might be able to pick this one up just because I remember Megatron did drop fairly significantly a while after release, like not the KRS, but the actual figure itself. You're, so, you're, you're right. It did. You can generally get Megatron, I think for about 250 to 300 now. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat where the price right now is just too high, but I think we can, we can safely assume that it is going to be viable at some point in the future. And I'll be very happy when that day comes. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of things have been discussed. Discovered now that he's uh, now that he's available, uh, which is that the voice chip, which is in in his back, uh, the voice chip actually does have uh, Peter Cullen's voice on it. We we did assume that the voice chip would only be uh, the Japanese voice actor, but no, it definitely has uh, definitely has the English phrases and uh, Peter Cullen's voice on it. I I was just amazed with the um, damage detailing on his helmet then or on his face. That looks yeah, amazing. Look, looks very much like he um like he did when he was uh on his uh, on his deathbed in the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I said um before, it looks cool, but I honestly thought this was a third party toy at first. I I think it was just the chest and the blueness of the windows looked a bit I don't know, not 
off but different yeah it is it is it is different like it's I think we all have a particularly I think we all have a particular stylized version about how we how we remember Optimus Prime from the cartoon. And I think when you actually do put this figure up against the cartoon, you see that the cartoon accuracy actually it sort of betrays our memory. Um, like our memories our memories of the figure I feel these days are actually more colored by what MP1 and MP10 actually look yeah. like and I think I think we tend to transplant that look onto the cartoon whereas what Takara's done here is they've gone back and looked at the cartoon and gone yeah actually the proportions on MP10 are not right we need to actually go back and do it again yeah yeah MP10 in just the general consciousness of a fan base has replaced actual G1 Optimus Prime as the definitive version when it, it's it, it's not actually that it's just we've been if we sell ourselves identity, but this is a definitive version. Therefore, this is the accessible version. This is what it looks. This is what it's always looked like, and it's actually a lot more like this. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. uh, so, look, he's he's out. Um, he's over five hundred dollars at the moment. Um, as as Max says, uh, if you wait a bit, you might be able to pick him up a little bit cheaper. You may have to wait for a reissue. I think. I think the price of Megatron, so Megatron became scarce on his first issue and then they reissued him a few months later. So I think that's when the prices came down uh, for, for Megs, but uh, we'll see how he goes. Let's, uh, let's push on through the rest of the news. There's, uh, there's a couple of stories. Uh, there's a couple of stories I want to get to. Uh, number one is the announcement of some new generation select figures and they are already on sale in, uh, at least in Singapore, I've seen. Um, uh, I've seen them on sale in a couple of places there. So we are looking at... So Hasbro has been uh, cranking up the Power Dashes in the, in the Siege line. This one is a Power Dashes Zatar. Um, he is a repaint of Brunt with a uh, dunce cone. Uh, sorry, I mean <laughs> drill bit on his head. And uh, he, I mean, he looks pretty cool. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on this one. Drill uh, tanks never get old. Sorry? Drill tanks never get old. Just a nah. little concept. Drill tanks, drill tanks are awesome. Yeah. Um, there is also the uh, deluxe class Nightbird that's uh, that's been announced as well. Um, not really looking to pick this one up myself. Uh, how how do you guys feel about it? Um, I think that definitely not this Nightbird. I think there have been other Nightbird releases that are a lot better looking for a nightbird representative on yourself i i don't see anyone really getting excited for this it's got a nice car mode that's the best i can say for it yeah fair enough yeah. um uh so i i think uh, the other nightbird that would come to mind would be the uh, takara legends one which is a repaint of rc um, yes yeah didn't they also do like a little standalone statue of her or was that something else that was probably something but yeah, I was, think, I was also thinking of the um, RC repaint. Yeah. So yeah, this this might be this might be the first time they've actually done a Nightbird in the West, rather than the, being a, a Japanese one. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how we go with that. So that's uh, so that's two new generation select figures. Um, it's it's interesting. Out of the out of the Siege line, there's been a. There's been a lot of figures that have gone into the generation selects or store exclusives, um, and yeah, less figures that have actually been in sort of the general 
you know waves that you pick up in stores i, I look this might be the this might be the way that we go in the in the lines in the future we'll see how we go along with the along with the generation selects are also some studio series announcements which uh, considering i'm not really that i'm not really that fond of uh movie bots like the amount of interest that i end up having in studio series is quite astonishing for me uh so this is a leader class shockwave now Shockwave is one of the characters that was not badly served by his initial toy in the uh, Revenge of the Revenge of the Dark and the Moon uh, line, and so yeah, so it, it's it is interesting to see a redo of him. He's um, yeah, he, he's uh, probably going to be a much improved figure, even even so the original was quite well received. And um, what are the little what are the little dudes with him? Uh, uh, Wheelie and can't remember. Wheelie's on right. the right, the blue guy. Wheelie, Wheelie and Megatroll. We're going to call him Megatroll. Okay, I can roll okay. with that. Yeah, Wheelie and Megatroll come with come with leader class shockwave. Uh, there is another Constructicon. There's uh, Scavenger. Um, yeah. So he has a he has a very uh, very obvious alt mode, but his robot mode looks a little bit insane. But sure, whatever. We'll we'll go with it. He will, of course, help you form Devastator if you if you are indeed att attempting to acquire all of the constructing answer there. There's another one. There's Mixed Master. I do love the I love the fact that they can get away with selling off these like the the ridiculous Constructicon designs as individual figures. Actually, this Mixed Master looks a lot better than the uh, actual Devastator that came in Re Revenge of the Fallen. Because that one's uh, barrel was like twice the size of the rest of it. He does. He does look much better, doesn't he? Also, yeah. I noticed that um, the barrel appears to be duplicated. <laughs> so maybe there's an outer and an inner barrel or something. Like there's definitely enough pieces going around on his arms and on his shoulders to make more than one barrel. No, I think I think the barrel on his back consists of four pieces. That's what was being representative representative there. I think. Mm, maybe. Yeah. See how it goes. Um, and uh, besides that, there's also a movie one Voyager class Megatron uh, coming in for coming in for another another treatment as well. I was going to yeah. say, didn't this guy wasn't this guy just released? But that was the movie masterpiece version. Yeah, there's, there was a movie masterpiece version of the 2007 Megatron. This is the studio series release of yeah. 2007 Megatron, and uh, oh. yeah. The interplay between the Voyager and Leader Size classes in this line is like really crazy to me. Like, because if there's stuff like in, in the initial waves, you'd have there was like Voyagers and Leaders that were the same size as each other. And then if you look at this Megatron, the Leader Megatron, and that Leader Shockwave, Leader Shockwave is uh, on the uh, old Voyager into a fallen Megatron. Shock, Shockwave and this Megatron are sharing parts with. The Voyager Avenger before the Megatron, and not parts—they're not part, like specific parts, but shared tooling and overall skeleton. And then this Voyager Megatron is also sharing a skeleton, parts of a skeleton, with the leader Megatron. So it's always interplay between these two separate size classes. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I don't have that much more to say about these. I do want—I do want that power dasher. Um, not so much on, not so much up with uh, Nightbird, but uh, we'll see how it goes, eh? I think I would like to get the Power Dasher just because. I mean, I was reading up about them, and they, you know, the 
previous toys were G1 and impossibly rare. Yeah, because know. because of the the way that they were acquired into the into the line, and I think they were mail away exclusives in G one. So, yeah, they are they are pretty rare. Uh, but it's nice to see. So it's nice to see them coming back and getting an homage now. Like, I I don't know what they're going to do for G one G one homages next year if they've exhausted power dashes and everything this year. We'll see. Um, yeah, don't know. We'll, don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. Maybe that maybe we'll get the. Um... You know the ones that you put water on and it changes their paint. Uh, a, hy a hypercolor transformer. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yes, we'll see. All right now, uh, not so sure if the next story is. Yeah, not, we're not going to get that one just yet. Uh, I did insert a small note into the run sheet, but I haven't actually put up a, a story on the uh, on the on the video to pair it with. But uh, if you have been holding out on purchasing Springer from Amazon, uh, good news—he's been cited at Kmart. So you will find he's a Voyager. He's recommended RIP is fifty dollars. However, if you are very nice and very careful and you ask the staff nicely, you will be able to price match him to other retailers, which are currently doing uh, Voyagers for forty dollars. So you're getting a decent discount. So um, if you are in the market for Springer, and I, I was, I was handling Springer tonight, and like it's a, it's a nice looking figure. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely. There's definitely about to be a bit of a, a bit of an assault on uh, on retail from Springer. I'm I've been doing assault on retail for the last month or so, trying to get three refractors. I've only found one so far. Oh <laughs> ah, well, that's uh, funny you might mention that because uh, Hasbro had a fan preview event in Singapore uh, this week. At which they were uh, they did show people if you can see it up the back there. Um, they did show people the new generations, uh, generation one toy colored yeah. version of Refractor in the three pack, uh, and it looks looks mighty impressive. So um, it's kind of annoying. Uh, Hasbro did have a fan preview event for Power of the Primes here. That's a good two years ago now, and yeah, uh, it was you know it was a bit it was a bit disappointing that they showed some things and hid others. But um, still, it is what it is. Uh, so we're just going to go through some of the photographs that were taken. Uh, there's Amiga Supreme. He is this year's Titan class figure. Um, that is the box art. That is that is the box for him. Yep, um, he's a he's a he's a big box. Uh, this one has been this this figure has been quite of interest to a lot of people around the uh, around the community, which is the Prowl repaint as Decepticon Barricade. Uh, he looks fantastic. I'm really, really interested in getting this figure. So I'm going to be hunting for him when he uh, when he actually does come on come on sale. He will be a regular regular release. So is uh, Autobot Mirage and Thundercracker is starting to starting to turn up at retail uh, retail stores overseas. He hasn't turned up in Australia yet, but he can't be too far off, we hope. I suspect that Thundercracker and Springer might be wave mates. We'll, we'll see how we go. Yeah. 
Um, a quick a quick look at the cell shaded animation color. Optimus Prime and Megatron was also offered to Singapore fans. I'm really I'm really interested in those figures. They I want them to be my Siege Optimus and Megatron. And the Reflector three pack actually looks really quite special. Looking at some of these photos, um, it's in a nice it's in a nice big uh, sort of camera themed box. There's sort of a bit of a bit of a camera bump on it. Uh, oh, I might just skip over. I don't know that. if they have any other pictures of him. I think that there was only the box. Oh, uh, really? Oh, yeah. No, no, they definitely got him out. There we go. Okay. Um, so yeah, so the box has a bit of a, a bit of a bump on the side for where the uh, the camera. So it looks. So it actually looks like a camera, and uh, yeah. So not only does it come with three refractors with different paint jobs to make them look like the G one versions of Reflector, which was a mail away. Um, there's a, a few extra bits to stick on. So there's a camera flash and um, uh, a, a push button apparatus and the sort of the viewfinder part to stick on the on the middle lot as well. So um, they look they do look mighty impressive. Um, yeah, very much interesting that. And I believe he also comes with a Kremzik. Yes. Uh, is it is it yeah. reflector that comes with Kremzik? No, I thought that was I maybe it's it yeah. I thought, I thought it was a Megatron that comes with that one. I mean, I'm misremembering, but well, that's Henke Megatron. Yeah, that was that was that was Henke Megatron. Yeah. Megatron. Didn't hear a word of that, Max. So yeah. it's just saying the same thing you said. So never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, with so, yeah. the cell shaded, are they retail or are they Hasbro Pulse? So. I don't believe they're Hasbro Pulse exclusives. Uh, I, they might be available from Pulse. Um, they are showing up at Toys R Us in uh, Singapore and Hong Kong. Um, oh. So, yeah, I, like, I, I don't think they'll be online exclusives, but as far as US availability, I'm not entirely sure. But, oh, my goodness, they look fantastic. I mean, look, It really does look great. Siege Optimus is a really great looking figure in the first place, but just the animation, the animation color really makes him pop. And it also means that there's no shit all over him. Like the, uh, the battle damage that they currently have in, uh, in the siege line. So I'm really happy with that. There are a couple of other figures in the 35th anniversary line. Um, there is a blue streak repaint of prowl, and there's also a sound blaster repaint and a chest remold of Soundwave. So he's a, the, the black version of Soundwave that can take two tapes in his chest. <laughs> nice. Very nice. So yeah. Um, as far as so, well, may you be asking, why is it that um they get the fan preview events in Singapore and we don't? Um I think it's a very fair question. And I've actually put it to Hasbro that you know we would like to see some fan previews of these things actually occurring in Australia instead of just dribbling out stuff onto the retail shelves as it happens. So we'll see what happens. Um you'll get yeah. blocked. That'll be it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know. I, honestly, yeah, I would, I would encourage every single person who actually listens to the podcast or you know hangs out, hangs out in our little old Facebook group. I encourage, I encourage you all to go to Hasbro's website, find the Australian customer service email, and email them, and then say, hey, we would like to see some fan preview events here. Uh, like, there's, there's a lot of us out there. We're all waiting for your, waiting for you to bring these things to Australia, and we'd like you to actually engage with uh, the community that buys your things yeah because um <laughs> australian retail really doesn't get the toys that people 
you know, Transformers and stuff. Most everyone buys them online, and by the time they hit Australian retail, it's like, so what? Got it already. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say everyone buys them online. Like people are still buying no, these not, things yeah. at retail. Like, like we we do see this. Uh, we see a lot of people in the Facebook group post sightings, and people who people then follow up those sightings with questions, and then go and get those figures that are shown as sightings. So, like, there's definitely an appetite for the figures. Uh, and, and you know, you, you said earlier that you were unable to buy three refractors. So it means someone out there has been buying the refractors. And it also means uh, the Kmart <laughs> that I got him from only got one box. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so I'm told that there's going to be a, a flood of refractors soon. Like, I, believe, I, I believe the retailers are actually being offered boxes that only have refractors in them. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. One thing I do, the one, the one thing I do know is that the the G one refractor pack, uh, they are fantastic. Like the colors on them look amazing. Um, mm. They're way way more colorful than the normal refractors, and I really can't wait to get my hands on them. Yeah, I I would have gone for um, this repaint just to get three refractors, but I'm going with the um, standard one just because it's closer to the animation model. And I already have a, a G1 reflector. Hmm. And yeah, this this guy still looks great though. It's just I'm hoping that the extra accessories for this guy, maybe a third party company will sort of generate them for the retail release of Refractor. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So it looks like the it looks like the shutter switch becomes a sh an arm shield. For uh, some of the refractors, the the viewfinder becomes uh, shoulder pads for the central bot, and uh, not sure about not sure about the rightmost bot, but yeah. Um, so it does look like the extra pieces, like they've got five mil ports, and they can attach to the robot modes. Uh, there was also a a report that came out, uh, I think it must have been a, must have been a few days ago, saying that uh, one of the original. Um, one of the original solicitation forms that these actually identified them as a Hascon exclusive, which is interesting because there is no Hascon this year, but it does seem to imply <laughs> that there was going to be one. Yeah, I, I haven't hadn't heard about that, but it's yeah, it's a bit weird it's announcing yeah. it as an exclusive to an event that didn't happen. No, 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 it wasn't announced as an exclusive, but ah. um, its product SKU identified it as a Hascon exclusive, but it is ah. there is obviously no Hascon. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, let's let's move on. There's one other story I'd like to talk about briefly, just from a not from not from a, a major um, not from a major uh, thing, but Hasbro actually Hasbro caused a bit of a storm in the community this week when uh, they announced that they will be intending to phase out plastic from mm. new toy and game packaging starting in 2020. Now, the story didn't necessarily say that it was going to happen to Transformers, um, but we have we have been seeing figures turn up on shelves, uh, especially in the Cyberverse line, where there is no plastic in their packaging. the The figure is anchored in. Uh, there's no blitz. There's no blister uh, blister around the around the figure. It's you know you can open you can pick up the package. You can touch the toy. Now we've seen so we've seen Siege boxes move to a more sort of a cardboard a cardboard model with a plastic insert and it makes me wonder if they might stick with that cardboard but just remove the plastic and um 
tie the tie the figure in using the paper ties that we used to see around, I think around the early classics or universe um, was when we saw, yeah. uh, saw paper. Yeah, because I was I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, I remember when the toys had you know the paper ties on them. I was kind of I was just wondering what happened to them. It looks like they might be coming back, but I don't know why they were taken out in the first place. Yeah, uh, well, uh, I mean, probably a cost-saving thing. Um, but yeah. so it says uh, the plans include uh, plastic elements like poly bags, elastic bands, shrink wrap, window sheets, and blister packs. They're gonna they're gonna phase those out. Now, it doesn't specifically say that they're gonna do it for transformers. Um, yeah, it does say. Well, so the TFW report says all their brands, not only Transformers, but the actual press release from Hasbro did identify a few product lines and Transformers was not one of them. Um, I think it's interesting, and we'll talk about this when we get to your new acquisitions. Uh, we are starting to see some figures that are packed without plastic, at least not with, at least without plastic windows. Um, so all of the generation selects figures come in really quite nice um, sturdy brown cardboard boxes and we are seeing some of the gift sets uh, like the alpha strike and the phantom strike force actually come with no windows on the box whatsoever and uh, a great preference for the artwork yeah and i think that's a good thing well i really do enjoy the artwork of the boxes and it's nice to when you have an empty box it's nice to also have there's something that's nice to look at instead of something that looks like it should hold a toy but there's no toy in there yeah, you know, like, well, um, it also looks a bit more premium. Yeah, yeah the, the, I think the boxes without the windows do, depending on what they are. But um, I, I think I think it does present a challenge for retail uh, when you when you're walking through the when you're walking through the store and you can no longer actually see the the toys uh, if you've got a full front box. But I think also the fact that uh, you know they might be able to tie the figures in uh, in and you know at least. You know, you could stick with the siege boxes as they are without the plastic, with a few, you know, a few changes to them. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so the plastic insert, they'd need to work around that, but um, that's fine. It just means packaging the figures slightly differently. Yeah, it's going to be interesting if it does actually happen to Transformers, because again, wasn't specifically mentioned, but could be happening. Ah, look, one of the reasons why I, um, one of the reasons why I brought the story up is because people freaked out and people freaked out and I don't know why because people seem to think that um, the packaging is going to turn to shit, but no, the packaging is just going to change. It will be different. It's, uh, it's, it's already different year on year anyway. Um, you know, we've had, we've had large blister packs with with comic books in them, the smaller ones without. Um, like packaging evolves. Um, they. They evolve the packaging to cram more of them into a single box, so we'll see how they go. They might yeah. stop. They might even go back to packaging some of the figures in uh, alt mode because they're a little bit more compact. Who knows? Yeah, well, they'll be not cool. they'll something through the window. They might as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now, a uh, couple of things, a couple of small stories. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, so. I have taken quite a liking to New Age figures in the last uh, last few days. So, so New Age is doing a Starscream, and uh, they've shown a few. They've shown, I think these look like screen caps from a video uh, that gives a bit of a look at how he how he looks and how he works and how he moves and functions. 
I'm really, really looking forward to seeing this figure. Um, I, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of new age figures now. So uh, yeah, watch out for that because that's basically going to be what happens in my um, new acquisitions these days. Um, so yeah, there's new age, new age Starscream. Uh, new age Megatron is also a thing. Um, he's he's quite quite impressive. He's like a little mini masterpiece. Look at his look at the face on that. Yeah, are these guys um like fully transformers or are these just robots? Oh like... no no, the new age new age figures are transformable. Oh, okay. You can see you can see his gun oh, yeah. in the background there. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's he's great. New age, the figures are really really small. Like they, this is smaller than a legend scale figure generally, um, but they're highly wow. articulated. They're 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 really really nicely made. Uh, and I picked up a couple at TF Nation, so I'm really, <clears throat> I'm very into them now. And it's nice because they're thirty or forty dollars. They're not a massive investment. Yeah, because looking at that picture, if you told me that was Legend Scale, I'd say, how it looks like it's got <laughs> a lot of engineering going into that. This looks amazing. They they, they are quite clever. With their engineering, Jazz has a couple of um, a couple of clever things about the way the doors fold in upon themselves and form his legs and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, really looking forward to it. And uh, apparently, Megatron is the new battleground because uh, Magic Square is also doing a little a little Megatron as well. Actually, you know what? Is this a little one or is he not? I think he's a little one. Maybe not. Uh, maybe maybe he's actually their um, masterpiece scale one. We'll see. Yeah, because those reflectors look pretty big. Yeah, yeah, I might be wrong about that, but uh, yeah. So magic. So anyway, so this is this is Magic Square's Legends Megatron um, in gun mode. He has the wilting uh, wilting uh, <laughs> barrel, just like every other Megatron, apparently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, he looks. <clears throat> he looks pretty fun. Yeah, I like the. Yeah. Uh, I've always liked the Abraham Lincoln statue uh, chair <laughs> look that he has. I've always liked that. <laughs> if you're going to, uh, if you're going to enslave people, you may as well take over the Lincoln Lincoln statue. Yep. That is uh, pretty much the end of the news. Let's 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 talk about. Things that we've uh, things that we've done and places that we've been and and stuff. Uh, let, let's let's go back to a let's go back to a three up pose. Um, so it's been a few weeks since we've done a done a, a, a podcast. Now, Max, you've got uh, you've got a, a figure for us. I do have a figure for us. It's not. The it? Oh, hang on. I, I took Max <laughs> out of the stream. Sorry. <laughs> Max, there you go. You, ha you have you have the con. I have the con. Um, this full this is not the most exciting thing in the world, but uh, so it is literally just another Iron Factory Seeker. Hmm. This nice. is a red wing. Um, I've and he has a red cape as well. I've spoken ad nauseum about these and why they're the single greatest action figure ever created. Um, I love it. I have noticed slightly in this one, he does... They're the common Iron Factory issue of these, you know, slightly too tight joints that make you feel like you're going to rip it apart all the time. But also, it's made of Iron Factory plastic, so nothing ever actually breaks. It just makes really horrible noises. <laughs> um, 
And yes, for maybe the most obscure sink of areas, they decided to give him Starscream's coronation set in a lovely candy red because why not? Yeah, yeah no, indeed. Why, why, why not? You may, like you may as well make out like all of your seekers will be coronated eventually and then turn to dust. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, classic characters never said a single line of dialogue, um, but uh, he's got a nice color scheme and there's a cool backstory to this creation. So you can't you kind of need him in your seekers. And yeah, this guy much. came out just before they actually made a, a fish of Red Wing too. So he's getting a bit of love recently. Yeah. He has. Uh, when I saw Red Wing on your um, on your uh, acquisition list, I thought it was actually the Generation Select one, and then I read Iron Factor. And I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Damn. Yeah. Well, the thing is that because I've got these Iron Factor ones, just never need to buy another Seeker. It's just too True. good. True. Right. Um, so, uh, so that's that's your acquisitions for the week. That, that's me. I, I, I don't right. think I've had anything else in months, and it feels bad that this is. The first thing, and the next thing I buy is probably going to be another one, but they're good. Nah, fair enough. I did get a couple of Iron Factory uh, bots while I was uh, overseas, but we'll talk about them soon. Now, uh, Bradley, you were talking. We were talking earlier about the the gift sets. The well, not the gift sets, but the well, actually, they are gift sets. The um, yeah. pl plastic windowless siege sets, the Alpha Strike and the Phantom Strike packs. Um, <clears throat> I'll oh, put yeah. you on screen if you'd like to. Talk briefly yeah. about them. Tell us what you think. Um, well, these are the boxes. The figures are out, but these are just the boxes. And I was a bit shocked when I got them because um, I thought they were the same size. But that's a that's a Decepticon pack. That's the Autobot pack. Very big size difference there, which yeah, that was cool. Um, I bought. Yeah, uh, Alpha Strike Force, just because I want to get a, you know, a clone Sideswipe. I don't have a toy of him yet. Um, obviously, I got this so I can complete my Seeker Trio when uh, Thundercracker shows up at Aussie Retail. Um, I, I, guess, I guess for the, the size, I mean, uh, the Autobot one is a Deluxe plus some bits, whereas the Decepticon one's a Voyager plus some bits. So it makes sense that yeah. they're a little bit bigger. Yeah, correct. <laughs> um, I was going to Hey. Oh yeah, I've also gotten uh, I got Brunt a couple of weeks ago. He's um, do I have him here? Yes, I do. If you don't, I do. Yeah, I only got this guy because he's a companion piece to Trypticon. That's why I bought um, some of the other figures. And like I was showing before, I do have a refractor, but I'm going to wait until I get another two before I open him up. And uh, yeah, I wanted to say something about the um, Autobot Strike, Alpha Strike Counterforce. Um, I did see a lot of people reporting that their Slam Dance, particularly the Tank Grand Slam, the little hmm. tank guy, apparently some people have opened him up and he turns into powder. Like just one of his feet just completely crumbles. And I, I must be one of the lucky ones because mine is... Pretty minty. He does have a lot of very, very, very tight joints and a lot of, um, you know, friction joints that need to have like a little nub sort of worn down before it can bend and snap into place. So I'm thinking that could be leading to a few breakages. But um, yeah, very happy to have him. Um, really like the um, alt mode for sideswipe. This is this is my first um, 
interaction with this mold, and I really do like it, especially the um the air vent going up on the he, side. He there. is he is really nice. Yep. No. Uh, yeah, happy to have him. Now I just need to find um characters that I can put these target masters with because you get um three. No, you get four target masters. Sorry, the fourth right. one. Fourth one goes with Ectotron. He's a little PKE meter. <laughs> but the other a, a repaint of Taraxodon. Yeah, hmm. and um, the other three are actual, you know, robot into a gun sort of target masters. So now I just need to figure out who on my classic shelf I want to give target masters to. Might give one to um. Titans Returns Quake. But, um, yeah, the only other thing... No, it doesn't really show up at all, does it? You can see that it's black, but you can't see the details on it. This is um, a uh, Shapeways piece that I had printed out to make Titans Returns Tarn uh, a lot more official Titan Tarn looking. And, yeah, i still got to get it painted. And I really love the slime that comes with Ectotron. <laughs> But yeah, that's my acquisitions. And how about you, Jason? What do you got? I'm going to, I'm going to go back onto the. Uh, I'm going to go back onto the screen share because I. What am I going to do? I'm going to put this up here. I put a bunch of. Uh, put a bunch of a bunch of photos in the uh, in the Facebook group. So I'm just going to go for the, go through them here. So. Um, this is sort of the main the main bot collection. There's a going sort of in order of size. What do we got? We got uh, Siege Jetfire. There is a Generation Select Combat Megatron, which I've not opened yet, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, there's the Bot Pots Con Crew, which <clears throat> I thought from the uh, from the outside of the box only had five items in it, but it's actually got something like seven or eight Bot Bots in it. Um, some oh, of them nice. actually have like fabric. On them, they're they're actually a little bit more special than standard bot bots. So really looking forward to um, getting into those. There's a couple of Iron Factory figures. There's a Blue Streak and a Megatron. Uh, a couple of New Age figures, Jazz and Cosmos. Uh, there's the Henke Ramjet that I was talking about earlier. The um, the last oh maybe I wasn't talking about them on here actually. Uh, the last of my 31 Seekers. Um, uh, one of our one of our listeners asked me when I when I claimed I had thirty one seekers. One of our, one of our listeners asked me for a photo, and I put them all up and went, "Hang on, I only have 30. Wait on, that's not good." <laughs> so I have had to acquire a uh, a ramjet, and that's I, I did that on this trip. Um, there's also an Iron Factory Tarn there, uh, Siege Ratchet, uh, as hard as he was to acquire. And there's also one other thing sitting next to Siege Ratchet in this photo that you might uh, you might not recognize immediately. He is a Titan's Return hot rod, but he has actually been customized in his Spectralist colors from the Lost Light comic series. Uh, and one of the one of the members in TCCA's uh, Facebook group who lives in Singapore actually did that for me, and it's been waiting for collection for about a year, year and a half. And um, that figure has actually turned heads. There's been a lot of people looking at it and just going, "Wow, that's actually a really nice paint job." So, uh, Thomas, excellent job on that. Yeah, um, I, saw the, uh, you know, I first saw that. I thought it was an efficient thing, but I just yeah, so did I. It looks amazing. It yeah, does. yeah, no, so. You, He's a real official figure, but he's been customized. Uh, there's also a masterpiece Bumblebee there that's also been customized into a sort of a bug bite uh, appearance there with his ah. white paint job. 
Uh, and there's also a BotCon or a TFSS, I think he's a BotCon breakdown, um, who is the is the generation's sideswipe and sunstreaker mold, but uh, done in that lovely, lovely uh, aqua aqua color. And uh, the head sculpt for that bot is amazing. It's pink and all these other amazing colors. So, so that's uh, that's the main bot section of the hall there. Um, I also I have developed a bit of a, a bit of a, a pin thing in the last couple of years so um i made sure that i went to all of the forge stands and acquired as many pins as i could um <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of different different things there i love there's there's a um there's an entire series of pins that i've acquired there which uh the name of the the name of it is a pun on one of the comics uh so where the comics had sins of the wreckers this is pins of the wreckers it's really good <laughs> oh good one yeah, it's very well done. Um, there's a lot of a lot of really talented people making things in the forge at TF Nation, and it's a, it's sort of a it's a, a handmade place. It's where artists will come along and sell their prints. Some of them will sell um, physical items that they've made, things like that. Um, and you'll see in the next photo, uh, there's a there's a, a, a lovely lovely woman named Len uh, on on Twitter who makes all of these things. So I've got this fantastic. Um, day glow bright colored uh, pencil case there's a uh, in fact there's two pencil cases one with one with the the, the sort of rainbow colored print uh, and there's one with Kremzik on it uh, yeah. and there's also a beanie that has uh, a, a very a lovely uh, print of the Decepticon seeker jets on it um, which I say I, I, I would say I'm looking forward to winter when I can wear it, but we're just coming out of winter, so it's going to be a while before I can wear it. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. If I if I end up going up to London at Christmas time, I might be uh, might be rocking this around London. We'll see how we go. Oh. Cool. Other than that, um, there's some some books and magazines and fanzines that that I picked up. There's a couple of uh, there's a couple of scripts of uh, more than meets the eye and lost light. There, there's a a script for the one where the DJD first comes in which is i think more than meets the eye number nine and there's also a script to lost light 25 how to say goodbye and mean it part two um there's also a couple of art books and uh, some fanzines as well which uh there really there's a lot of things that are really fun to go through there's also the, that special mention that book on the left little victories is a micromaster story um that has been written by one of the guys who volunteers for toy Fu, and that is a massive book like it is about the yeah, size. Uh, it's about the cool size book. of two phones. Two phones, if you put them together, it's a huge book. It looks pretty thick. Yeah. Yeah. Write that about MicroMasters. Yeah, yeah. It's That's all, amazing. It's, it's all about MicroMasters, <laughs> and just next to it is also a TF Nation coloring book. Yeah, so they they, <laughs> they they commissioned a bunch of artwork from the community in black and white, and so they printed it up in the coloring book, and so people can um, get the coloring book and color the scenes themselves. <laughs> nice. It's fantastic. So yeah. Uh, other than that, there's a few other things that I got made in there. Um, well, I think a few things that were made. Uh, there's a, a couple of art cards, some stickers, a couple of pins, um, and then there's the uh, the couple of coasters at the bottom. One with Soundwave and one with Starscream. That's Lord Starscream to you. <laughs> uh, and up the top there, there's another piece that we're going to explore shortly. Um, uh, there's a, a, a group in the um in the forge called gworks toys uh, so they make siege compatible effects pieces and oh, along, along with some of those effects pieces are also some pieces that can go with ghostbusters transformers 
Mm. So we'll get onto those shortly. And finally, there's some art prints, um, which uh, some of these are some of these are from an, uh, an artist who goes by the name Jamesy Draws. Um, he does all the he does the black ones with the the robots on them. They're all illustrations. They're not photographs. Um, oh, wow. There's a couple of postcards from uh, some of the some of the some of the people that you might meet wandering around the convention. Some art cards, and I want to draw special attention to the two on the left that. Um, they're peanuts style transformers. <laughs> With Starscream, Starscream playing Lucy and um, pulling the football away from Megatron, <laughs> uh, and then and also Ravage, Ravage sleeping on top of uh, Soundwave like oh, like Snoopy yeah. on his kennel. Um, so yeah, they 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 were they were very very clever. I really appreciated them. Um, and finally, um, as I mentioned earlier, there was a Transformers animated season four. Uh, part and so while they were playing the um the audio of the voice cast uh they were showing up uh some still images that had been created by artists to go along with it so there's a a couple of scenes from uh, a couple of things that could have been in the cartoon there's the trial of megatron there uh there's a, a battle between a, a jetwing upgraded optimus prime versus megatron um yeah, there's there's a lot of good things going on there. So uh, they sold those art prints, and the proceeds all went to charity to Toyfu. So um, that was really good. Finally, a couple of other MicroMaster prints that came out with the uh, the Little Victories book, mm. and um, a couple of others. This uh, these came from a, um, a, a a TFW member called Ticknat. Um, he's taken some of the some of the Jeff Senior covers from the uh, UK Transformers comic. And he's turned them into 3D, um, 3D posters. And so if you buy the poster, then he gives you a set of 3D glasses with it. And <laughs> he also then arranged some of the packaging artwork into a, a single poster that you can sell on the uh, the right as well. Yeah, it was really cool. <clears throat> so, yeah. Like um, so that was, the, that was the TF Nation Hall. Since then, I also, um, also got my um, Ghostbuster Prime. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that turned up there's uh so I've, I've been doing a few photographs of them today and can i make that bigger i don't know if i can mm, there we go oh yeah so yeah so ghostbusters prime and ectotron now you'll notice that ectotron is actually carrying a ghostbusters trap in his hand on the um on the left of the uh, image there and that is one of those items that was that came from uh, from tf nation and i did put up a well that didn't that didn't do what I wanted it to do. So I did. I did put up a, a post in the uh, discussion group today on Facebook, just showing off some of the accessories. So that's um, that's Ectotron's uh, PKA meter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. um, pretty pretty neat. Comes in two parts. You can assemble it together. Um, and then there's the uh, then there's the the proton pack blast effect piece, which this is really really quite cool um, because it glows in the dark. Oh, nice. And, oh. Mm. So yeah, so so that that attaches onto the um, onto the front of most weapons. It is actually, I I feel like it's actually compatible with siege weapons as well. Uh, so it doesn't have to be used with Ectotron, but obviously works pretty well with Ectotron and with um, Slimer as well. Is that and, um, two pieces or is it all one piece? Um, so it is technically two pieces, but um, when you buy it, it comes as one. So you, oh, you okay. don't you don't have to assemble it. Ah. Uh, and then there's the trap. Now, 
Uh, you can you can see sort of this is very close up on the trap. So there's two pa two pieces to the trap. Um, yep. There's the this is the closed trap, and it comes with another separate insert that is an open trap. And there's also an effects piece that you can um, attach onto the open trap in order to um, in order to you know sort of have him catch uh, catch ghosts and stuff like that. Cool. So yeah, it's pretty it, it's pretty neat. So yeah. Um, yeah, they, those are my new acquisitions at the moment. I did also actually acquire the um, the MicroMaster 10 pack, but I haven't really had that much time to put up much photos of them. And also it's a bunch of MicroMasters. Um, so, like, yeah, they, they all... Honestly, as, as cool as they are and as much as I like MicroMasters, when you buy a pack of 10 of them as well all at once, they all tend to blur into one another. Mm. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's uh, that's about it. Now, look, we've been we've been going for quite a while on the show, so it's um it's probably beholden to us to end it shortly. Is there anything else that we're forgetting? What should we what should we talk about? Anything uh, anything coming up? Anything going on? Um, I think so. No, I'm forgetting. That's, that's yeah, exciting, but no, not really. <laughs> yeah. No, fair <laughs> enough. Cool. Um, so, like, as far as CCA business goes, uh, Brad advises that uh, membership packs are being shipped out. Uh, there was a members-only giveaway, and uh, Shannon O'Brien was the winner of that. I'll move us back to the. I'll move us back to the three up. Shannon O'Brien was the winner of the members-only giveaway. Congratulations to him. He won a uh, an uh, Power of the Primes Nemesis Prime. And uh, with that, that's that's about it. We're going through we're going through the process of forming the uh, the club committee for the next year, figuring out who state representatives are and uh, what responsibilities they will be bearing and uh, and attending events and doing things for the next year or so. And so with that, I think it's time we end the show. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think Google Hangouts had how long we've been going live for, did it? Uh, it does. It always did for me, but uh, ah. maybe not for you guys. So yeah. Now I, I can see the counter in this one. Yeah. So look, we're we're currently at about one and a half hours, but that will cut down for um, actual showtime yeah. once it's edited. Probably just be so, like ten minutes. Yeah, about that. Brad will cut out all of the crap with, with us talking about stuff that he doesn't like. Um, <laughs> so. That's it. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, if you've been watching along with the live record, which I don't think anyone has because it's late on Saturday night, uh, thank you for checking us out if you are watching us on YouTube. You can find out more about these stories, uh, links to them and more in the show notes. They're posted to the Transformers Weekly Facebook page and the Podbean site and probably the YouTube video as well. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can find us all in Transformers Collectors Club Australia on Facebook or you can leave comments on the podcast on Australian Transformers Weekly on Facebook. If you're not subscribed, you can find us on iTunes, Pocket Casts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and more. The RSS feed link is on the website and in the show notes. We are a production of Transformers Collectors Club Australia. It's a registered club in Victoria run by volunteers who donate their time and money to make the club and the club's activities better for everyone. We want to, we want to connect Transformers community. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do that again. Our goal is to connect Transformers fans around the country, and we do it by engaging the collecting community, and sometimes we trap up our own tongues while we're trying to tell people what we do. You got uh, through it. Yes, I got through it until you interrupted it at the end. <laughs> um, you can find out more about the club, Sorry. including affordable yearly membership options. It's all right. To show your support at TransformersCCA.com and 
Brad, uh, you have a you have a Twitch account that you broadcast on occasionally. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that and your Discord server? Yes, uh, I stream on Twitch every day. Go to twitch.tv slash groovyguy0069. You'll find me there. Um, I also have a Discord server, which I put up a couple of weeks ago. It's called Groovy Guys Discord Domicile. So if you find that, please do come along, have a bit of a hello, have a bit of a chat. I've got um, Transformer um, type uh, topics there, um, stuff I've recently acquired. Um, stuff I like to talk about. So, yeah, um, just go on in, say hello, and you'll always be welcome there. Like, you're welcome. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Yes. <laughs> it's very welcoming, wholesome, and good. Uh, that is it for us. Thank you for thank you for watching. We'll, uh, look, we're going to say that we're back next week. <laughs> There's usually a couple of weeks between broadcasts, but hopefully we'll be back next, next week. We'll give it a, what we'll we say next, next month? That way, if we come back next week, it'll be a, a little a little bonus. How, well, so next month is tomorrow. Um, but oh, yeah, that's right. Let's say that we'll see you next time. Yes. Or you'll see that's us. What I say. We won't see yeah. you. That's not how this works. But. No. I mean, if it was, I would be terrified as to what we're being exposed to right now. Yeah, I know. And yeah. Also, by the way, if you are watching us, and while well, you just stop that. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. okay. We actually can see. Just don't do that. Thank you. Yeah. That's 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 yeah. You're going to need a new blanket after that. <laughs> okay. That's probably enough. Thank you, everyone, and uh, goodbye, and see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>